Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam, and as you can probably figure from the time that I'm recording this, and therefore the time I am uploading it, and, you know, the title of the episode, we're here to talk about the second trailer for Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie. And the thing is, if you told me that the, the first, you know, series of movies that Marvel did to get four... That wasn't the Avengers doing a two-parter um, for three. I would have thought you were kidding, especially before Ragnarok. Because, like, Ragnarok kind of righted the ship. But, um, this movie is not... Here's the thing. This trailer does not inspire a ton of confidence in me. Um, for this movie. Um, fundamentally, I have a problem with... Number one, by the accounts that I've seen so far as reported online, it appears the movie's going to be under two hours. And there's a lot going on in this trailer um, that, that's going to happen in this movie. Now, look, a lot of it can be truncated for comedic effect, and, and I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Like, if it, if it turned out that, um, like, the time with the Guardians is comedically short, wouldn't be surprised the time with the, you know, with all, with, the, um, of him training to get back into, like, Thor shape. Like, if, if all of that's very short, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um... The, the thing that I am run, I'm bumping into with this trailer, more than anything else, is the fact that it seems tonally dissonant. And there are three distinct tones going on in this movie. There's the comedic tone that we've come to expect from Taika Waititi at this point, when he's directing or acting in, you know, something like this. Like, we expect that from him. And for Ragnarok to not have a dramatic... Shakespearean kind of thing that's being played straight, it does work in that movie, because Hela is less a villain and more a force of nature, in the same way that, what's it called is, in in, uh, in the same way that Malekith is in, in the Dark World. Where it's like, the, the, the idea, like, Hela isn't really a character in that movie. She doesn't have motivations besides to take over the throne of Asgard. But beyond that, there isn't really too much to her or anything like that. I, I think... I think that the thing that should be addressed here is that between, like, the comedic stuff would work, especially if you're going to take the time and, and play off of the Guardians and, and, and their whole thing, I, I think that that gives you a, a real chance to have something cool happen... Um, in that, you know, in, in that movie. The, the problem that you end up with is, I, I don't think that necessarily that melds well, um, with the, what's it called? With the, um, the, the, the very dark tone that needs to come with Gore the God Butcher. And it's not so much that it needs to have that that dark tone, um, 
and that like if you don't do it you're not adhering to the comics it's more the fact that they are going with that very dark tone for Gore the God Butcher like that's what they're doing it's not it, like he is you know here to kill the gods he's gonna have his motivation to kill the gods and unlike Hela, who is doing it because of a primal need to, you know, she is there because she's the rightful heir of a- to Asgard, and, you know, as she's in Asgard, she gets more powerful, and all of that kind of interestingness that comes along with it, but with that, like, she is fundamentally, you know, a, a, what's the one I'm looking for here? She is, you know, she's a force of nature. She doesn't need to have the the strong, you know. Oh, fuck, what, what, what's wrong? Like, she doesn't need to have a good motivation. Gore, if he's gonna be a guy who's gonna go out and take on the gods and, and try to kill him himself, that's something that I think you need to have something that resembles motivation to deal with. Um, because he needs to have a reason why. He's going to go out and face on, take on the gods. And on top of that, the, the reason for that can't just be, you know, the, the way Vision describes it in, in, in Civil War, where it's like our existence invites, our existence invites conflict. Like, it can't just be that, where it's like, oh, well, he wants to challenge them. Like, the motivation in the comics is that, you know, the gods of Asgard let, the, the gods let his evil die. So he's like, hey, we're going to stop him. And you can dovetail that in with Infinity War. And they did a pretty simple idea, of a pretty easy idea of how they uh, explain um, Natalie Portman's, you know, there. In the trailer, they very quickly are like, it feels like it's been three years. And Thor says, it's been eight. And it's because of a five-year gap. She died and then came back. Um, but the idea, the, the fact that the matter remains... Um, the, 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 the tone is all over the place in this trailer and, and it abruptly switches from scene to scene and I don't like that and I don't think it really works well when you're trying to sell a movie um, and if the movie is like that that's another problem if we're going to get these scenes where, Chris, uh, where Christian Bale is going to have these dark and dour moments trying to you know sell himself as this uh, you know as the god butcher like if that's going to happen in this movie um, you can't juxtapose that immediately with, um, what's it called? With, uh, uh, like, you know, the, the, uh, him getting his clothes ripped off, um, by, what's it called? Him getting his clothes ripped off by, uh, by Zeus. I, I don't think you can juxtapose that and have it feel organic. And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest problems with this movie. If the trailer is indicative of the final edit, which, considering marketing materials all the time are done by outside houses and not done, I mean, Disney less so than, you know, other companies, but considering that we're living in this world where, um, the, the outside, the production is overseen by an outside entity, uh, the production of the trailer, I don't think it's necessarily likely that that's the case. I, I think that, you know, what we're looking at here is indicative of what we're getting in the movie. Um, because I feel like Disney has a more direct hand in it. But then again, I mean, Raimi and, and Kevin Feige were not happy about the the promotion of uh, Multiverse of Madness. 
because they felt it gave away too much. And I, I, and I tend to agree with them on that. I feel like a lot of the expectation that came into Multiverse of Madness came from that second trailer that debuted during the Super Bowl that showed the that revealed uh, Professor X. And I feel like had they not done that, you wouldn't have gotten this, you know, all of the speculation about what's going to be in the movie or who's going to show up, who's going to be here. And then people disappointed when it doesn't happen. So... On that note, we'll wrap up for today. I feel like the Love and Thunder trailer, trailer, and even the first one kind of underwhelmed, but I'm I'm happy to be, you know, thrilled by the movie. Um, if the movie's good, I guess, you know, as of right now, there isn't anything to it that is really drawing me there besides the fact that I want to see the, th- the fourth Thor movie, um, which is a sentence I did not think I would ever say. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so we'll wrap up there for today, and we'll be back with any other news as it happens. So until then, have a great rest of your week.